Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Sign up for the app today and get a bonus of up to $500. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways podcast for Vegas Nation. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, joined today by Harry Ruiz. He is everywhere. You can find him all over R&R 920 from time to time here at the Review Journal from time to time and also now a contributor for the Raiders, Raiders.com. Thank you, Harry, so much for taking the time to join me here today. Of course, Heidi. You can find me asleep from time to time, too. But that's not much time uh, nowadays with how busy we are talking about the silver and black. Yeah, there's no chance for you to sleep, brother, especially with tomorrow, this podcast recording on a Monday. uh, There are going to be the cuts for the team. 53 man roster is going to get shrunk. It's going to get shrunk down. This is like the first year that they've gone just from 90 to 53 like this, making a huge jump. After what we saw, though, in the Cowboys game, sure, the defense broke down a little bit. There wasn't great stops being made. There's an ability to get off the field when third down came around to get the opponent offense off the field. I mean, but you know, when you, when you think about how this roster could shape up right now, when I look at it, I see a lot of places where there could be just, uh, uh, you know, difficult cuts to be made. What do you think is the most difficult grouping right now for the Raiders to whittle down to 53? Yeah, there's difficult positions right now, Heidi. And I mean, I just look at that defensive line. I look at that wide receiver room and I'm like, damn, I'm happy I'm not the Raiders general manager at the moment because Dave Ziegler has some tough decisions to make. And how many times has it been in previous years where players that got cut from the Raiders ended up getting picked up by other teams almost Mm -hmm. immediately? And I got a feeling that's going to be the case this season because they got competition. Even look over at the cornerback room. And I know they're not some big names that a lot of people would be just uh, dying to get the guys. But I've loved what I've seen from Nate Hobbs. I've loved what I've seen from Sam Webb, from Duke Shelley and Amik Robertson that had had an up and down preseason, but I think he has a lot of solidified his place in that unit. And those are guys that I love what I saw from them. And then you still talk about the potential three starters in that position and Marcus Peters in Jacorian Bennett and Nate Hobbs. So that's what you want to see in your team where you're struggling to decide who you're going to keep instead of saying I have four or five spots that I don't know who I want to have right now filled up by because I don't have the, the, the deep roster at the moment. Yeah. Speaking of that cornerback room, what have you heard on the health of Brandon Faison? Is there anything new? To be honest, I haven't heard anything new about it. Uh, he returned one day uh, and then we didn't see him again. So it was interesting. He kicked off last week popping up on the field and then didn't wasn't able to catch number 31 out there again. So mm-hmm. it's just been wait and see with him. And you know that the Raiders are an organization that tries to keep their lips closed and don't say anything until they have to. So right. with uh, the injury report, we won't have one until next week once uh, practice starts for week one. And then is when we will know uh, in depth what is going on with Brandon Faison, with, even if he's a, being able to stay on the 53-man roster or not. I can guarantee that we will be waiting for the Raiders final roster to be revealed at least until 3 p.m. tomorrow, even though the cut deadline is 1 p.m., right? (laughs) 
Yeah, that's the thing. It's like 1 p.m. is a deadline to do your cuts. And then it's you still got to wait for some uh, uh, impression of being made by the team out there and be like, all right, here's our roster. But, yeah. you know, there's people on the inside that hopefully will share a little bits and pieces. But, yeah, that's an interesting 2023, Heidi, where we went from 90 to 53 or where we're going from 90 to yeah. 53 instead of having those cuts during preseason. Right, right. I'm usually be down to like, what, 60 five or so by now or something like that I, if I recall correctly but when you look at the running back room and now Josh Jacobs comes back that's another crowded area for the Raiders especially when you see the play of Sincere McCormick who spent the better part of last year injured and also you know practice squad for this team you you think about just where do people like him fit in if they can Damian Williams is going to probably make this cut after they brought him along, not knowing what was going on with the Josh Jacobs situation, Josh Jacobs resigns great contract for him valued up to $12 million with incentives. First, let's talk about that. Josh Jacobs contract. How important was it? Not just for Raider nation, but for this team to get that done when they did. Oh, absolutely. It's huge. He was the top rusher in the NFL in 2022. He had over 2,000 yards in production total between rushing and receiving. He was the top yard producer in the NFL besides quarterbacks. And he's a guy that whenever he's in there, you know that there's potential for big plays to happen. When did you see coming a 70-plus yard happening in overtime from the Raiders uh, against Seattle. You didn't see that coming and it ended up happening and the Raiders closed out that big win. And Josh Jacobs, he was a big part of the Raiders being able to get those wins that they were able to get last year. And they he was a big part of the team being uh, competitive throughout the whole season, except those games against New Orleans on the road and, and the Chiefs here at home. So having Josh Jacobs is a game changer. Of course, you want to have Zamir White ready to fill in whenever he needs to fill in and I don't think it would be the same as last season Heidi I think that the Raiders won't give Josh the ball as much but they will still like to give him a big chunk but they also want to have Samir White out there on the field a little bit more when you talk about the room oof, there's tough decisions because you know Jock is going to stay Jacob Johnson the fullback but besides him how many veterans are you going to be able to keep? And the decision got easier for the Raiders having Britton Brown in the IR and not having to cut one of their draft picks from last year in this room. But there are also veterans that you, you never know. I don't think they will carry six running backs again this year. Right. I mean, you have a situation here. We have a guy like Brandon Bolden who came in last year, was very motivational in the locker room, great on special teams, sincere McCormick, like I said before, making big waves in the preseason. You have Amir Abdullah as your third down guy, Zamir coming up and looking really good. Like he put on some weight and got swole too in the, <laughs> over the pre um, during the off season. So do you have any bold prediction here for like a surprise cut in that room? I, I actually, I don't know exactly what's going to be happening. I would be surprised, but I think that a cut that could happen would could potentially be Brandon Bolden, but I don't know. It's just so difficult to figure out what they got going on in that running back room. And especially just looking at the snaps from last year, you know, Amir Abdul is at third down back. Uh, and I don't know if the Raiders are going to carry as many running backs as they did last season. So it's just a wait and see situation right now. 
And I'm going to do this a couple more times because I have two more areas that I've been looking at that I've been thinking about going, this is going to be, this is going to be the hardest place for the Raiders to make a decision. And one of those is wide receiver. They have 11 guys that come in, you know, Chris Lacey, they already put on the uh, waived injured list, but they have Keelan Cole, uh, Christian Wilkerson and Wilkerson made some big plays in the preseason at Keelan Cole as well. So it's like, you have to look at, you know, somebody that maybe has already had experience with this team versus somebody with some upside and that that's young, that can build around this roster and get a year under his belt, maybe on the practice squad. You know, when you look at this team, what do you think happens there at wide receiver? I mean, obviously you have Devonte, Jacoby and Hunter all right at the top, DeAndre Carter. Uh, they drafted Trey Tucker and Philip Dorsett is another question mark for me. It was just space numbers. How many do you keep? What do you do? What, what, what do you think, Harry? Is a situational play here? Yeah, no, four guys have their spot guaranteed on this roster. Devontae Adams, nobody would cut him ever from their roster. You got Jacoby Myers, who they signed as a free agent. Got him good money. He's staying. Hunter Renfro, he's not going to be cut. And Trey Tucker, they drafted him in the third round. There's no way they're going to get rid of him right now. There's other fellas that you got those big question marks. I got a feeling Keelan Cole, they might feel comfortable uh, cutting him and then potentially bringing him back on the practice squad just as they did last year. DeAndre Carter flashed with a couple of kick returns, punt returns. Uh, you look over at Philip Dorsett, and he shined in that second preseason game with his speed. Cam Sims, he had that big touchdown catch, and you want that big target on the field. He's the tallest yeah. wide receiver in the in the in the wide receiver room and Christian Wilkerson, he had a 120 plus yard game against the Cowboys. So you got a case to be made for everybody in that wide receiver room. I just think it goes out to versatility and what can you do besides just catching footballs on mm -hmm. offense? So whoever can help more on special teams, I think might end up getting that fifth roster spot on the wide receiver room. Yeah. I really liked what Sims was able to do in the second preseason game that they had. And then you look at Dorsett and you think about his speed, there's going to be a lot of hard decisions to be made here. Like you said earlier, veterans versus some up and comers. How do you make the call on what is more important to you? Is it the experience in the system or experience that you know somebody can bring you with output that you need speed is what I'm talking about for this team that they've needed speed on wide receiver for a while now and somebody that can maybe bring some consistency at that. So it's a question mark big time um, as I, I don't want to go through every position group, just some of the tough ones. So I wanted to get your take also on defensive line, because that's another one where I look at some of the younger guys, Matthew Butler, Malcolm Coons, you know, Adam plant from UNLV that came on pretty strong. And, and then, you look at also Nessa Jade Silvera. What does he bring? He's, his play has been pretty good. Uh, a lot of dog in him. A lot of dog in him. So uh, I think about some of these guys here that the Raiders have, have built around. Um, and I'm wondering what, what do you think can happen here with this roster? And look, Heidi, I'll go back to a conversation I had on Raider Nation Radio with Paul Gutierrez on Friday where I was talking with him about the draft situations for the Raiders. 
Last year, everybody from that draft made it on the 53-man roster and was on this roster to kick off 2023. And I asked him, do you think that will be the case again with this draft class? So that's one of the big question marks, Nesta Jade Silvera, or even go with the guys from last year, Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell Jr. Will everybody be able to make the cut? And I honestly uh, think that's a coin flip. It might be the case. It might not be the case. But Nesta, we've seen him at practices, especially those joint practices. He looked great, but he was the one rookie that in those preseason games, we weren't seeing him make those big plays that would make you just open your eyes like an Amari Bernie did. And like Ja'Korian Bennett did in game one. So that's the big situation. Do you feel confident enough that if you wave him, You'll be able to pick him up on your practice squad. And that's what the Raiders are evaluating right now, because it's not only the 53-man roster. It's also your practice squad, which is pretty much an extension of your roster and guys that you're getting ready to get out there on the field. But then also, look, a name that you didn't mention right now, Heidi, but that I love this preseason, Malcolm Coons, who the Raiders drafted in the third round in 2021. I know he's from the previous regime with the silver and black, but he finally found his stride and he finally, it seems like he got his swagger back out there on the field. So that's absolutely a guy that I got a feeling he's going to stay with the Raiders and um, potentially make some noise. It's really funny in my head. I thought I did bring him up, but I guess I did not bring him up because he was somebody as well that, like you said, I've always kind of wondered where is the direction going for Koontz because we saw how, involved he was then he wasn't and then how many plays he was involved in and then he wasn't you know it's been an inconsistent roller coaster it seems like for Malcolm Coons going up and down with all the different uh coaches play time like you said the previous regime you know maybe he has finally got a grasp on it and he is somebody that potentially could land a spot on this roster but again it'll be another crowded room a defensive line. Uh, how many guys do you think that they keep around on that position? Like 10, 11? What's the, what's the magic number, Harry? That's going to be, I mean, once you include defensive ends and defensive tackles, I think that that's a sweet spot right there. 10. And you yeah. can go one, one more, but it just depends on all the other roster moves that you make and how comfortable you are with per se, having four running backs or five instead of six. So it's just a big puzzle and you just got to make sure you got the right pieces there. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. How confident are you that AJ Cole makes the roster? <laughs> AJ Cole and Daniel Carlson, they're the first two guys. So when I when I'm doing the 53 man roster, I'll put them two at the top and be like, hey, though if you if you don't have a backup punter and a backup kicker during preseason games, your punters, they're more than safe. Heck, they're all pro guys. I mean, they're, they're the best of the best in the league. I'll put them up against anybody. <laughs> nice. Now, a question for you, just because I know you've watched every single game. Like I said earlier, you're an announcer. You go out there, you put on the calls in Spanish. It's fantastic to watch you in action. I love when you put the clips up on social media because they're always really entertaining. Um, but outside of that, I wanted to ask just what did you thought about the general play 
of some of the younger guys and what you saw in their loss to the Cowboys, because this game, you know, it's, it's a crucial game to really get a look before the roster cuts happen. And the play from defense was not up to standard in my opinion. So when you think about just how much uh, the, this team what the depth could look like, what the practice squad could look like. What did you gather from that game mostly? No, from that game, I mean, if you look at the young guys, you got to start off just saying Tyree Wilson. Ten days ago, he had his first practice in the NFL, and then on Saturday, he ended up playing in an NFL game for the first time. So Mm -hmm. you weren't having any strategy. You weren't having any big-time formation or moves because the kid is pretty much – last week, he had his first uh, one-on-ones on the field because in L.A., in Thousand Oaks, he was just hitting the sled. And with the sled, it's like, hey, you're just putting your physical abilities, your natural given talent out there in display. Over here, that's pretty much the same thing we saw. It's like, hey, he's barely getting into it. The coaches haven't been able to get his hands on him on the field much. So if that is Tyree Wilson just off of Ruth's strength and his length and everything that he has, can you imagine once he gets these next two weeks of work in and then after that being able to practice against the ones I think that there's a lot of promise, but that's what these preseason games are for, Heidi. I mean, I always say, After a win in the preseason, you can't get too hyped. You can't get too excited. After a loss, the same way. You can't put your head down. You can't get disappointed. It's just preseason action. And now once the regular season starts, then it's when it gets it gets in. But I loved it that we were able to see Michael Mayer a little bit more, that we saw him do more plays, that we were able to see Trey Tucker put his stuff out there on tape a little bit more. And Nathan O'Connell, I mean, uh, the kid is just solidifying his spot to potentially be the Raider backup eventually. But right now we know that that's Brian Hoyer because he has uh, the experience in the world in the world. Do you think that I was actually leaning with thinking that they go with Aiden O'Connell and then maybe they can wave uh, Hoyer because I don't think another team will pick up Hoyer. So Aiden O'Connell might have shown enough that maybe he gets picked up off of waivers or claimed by another team. I don't know if I was wondering and debating, do they go with three quarterbacks? Do they do they go with two? I'm glad you brought up Andon O'Connell and Brian Hoyer, um, Harry, because I was thinking that maybe O'Connell has put through enough of a push to be the backup. Do you think Josh McDaniels would put his rookie in that situation? I know you just said maybe it's Hoyer, but do you think Aiden O'Connell, by what we've seen and the poise out of this kid, that he's going to be the guy behind Garoppolo? It's different playing against twos, threes, and fours than going against starters. And it's also different playing against two, threes, and fours in vanilla defenses than against starters with the way that their defenses are meant to play. So I would still keep Brian Hoyer in that roster. And plus, it's not only Brian Hoyer, the backup quarterback. It's Brian Hoyer, the teacher that you have on the field for Aiden O'Connell and also Jimmy Garoppolo, because even though they played together during uh, Garoppolo's final year with the Patriots before he got traded, Mm -hmm. uh, it's been Brian Hoyer who has been in the Josh McDaniels offense more constantly and more recently out of anybody in that quarterback room. So it's the same situation as Jared Stidham last year with the Raiders. Yes, he was the backup quarterback, but we heard in that locker room, a lot of players saying that he was helping them a lot with the offense, with the way that Josh McDaniels ran it because he had a head start with his experience in new England. So 
I would put a bre- put the brakes on that thought that I've seen on social media. I've heard between some media peers. I, I would put some brakes on those and be like, I don't think they're going to cut Brian Hoyer and potentially bring him back to the practice squad. All right, Stiddy. Is this a name I haven't thought of in a minute? <laughs> hey, he had a great game with the Broncos I, I was the, other the night. one ringing the bell for Stiddy to make his return to the Raiders. It was an unfortunate thing that he did not. Hey, not but, at uh, that price tag. Not at that price tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, at first, I'll be honest, I wasn't that high on the Aiden O'Connell pick during the draft, but after watching him, it, and though, like you said, we do have to take into consideration that he was facing twos, threes, you know, not the first team guys. It was still pretty impressive, I think, to see the head he has on his shoulders and the way that he processes the field and throws. He does things already that, you know, I think like throwing the ball into tight windows, like that one play he made to Sims, you know, it's pretty incredible. um, Some of the things that he's been able to do and pull off this early. So uh, even if you let me, Heidi, before we we switch gears, Going to training camp and even going before that to mandatory minicamp when media is allowed to to be there, uh, I think we've seen Aiden O'Connell grow. I remember Aiden O'Connell taking a quit more time, uh, a little bit more time to get rid of the ball. And there were plenty of times that I was looking at him and I was like, he would have been sacked there. He would have had a lot of pressure on his face at that moment. And then we kept we saw him growing. We saw him evolve. We saw him understand the pace a little bit more. And when he was out there on the games, he was sacked once in all those in those three games that he played Mm. so you know that he's getting rid of the ball quick and heck there were people telling me that he was as mobile as a tree hey he got a run on third down to be able to move the chains against the um, the rams in la so he also showed that if he needs to he can move not very fast but he can move As we come to the end here, I do have one last question for you, Harry, but I do have to mention to all the listeners and the people who have supported this show throughout the beginning that this will be the final episode of the Takeaways podcast. As of right now, I will go on to uh, host the post-game editions of the Vegas Nation podcast. But as far as my own show, this has come to an end. And I just wanted to thank everybody, every guest, anybody that's ever joined me, anyone that's ever commented and enjoyed it, or whether or not you loved or hated my takes. I just appreciate all of the people that have come around and uh, been a part of this show, especially the guests like yourself, Terry. So thank you so much for coming on today and being my final guest for the review journal Vegas nation takeaways podcast. Hey, I was such a bad guest that you had to close shop with this show, right? No, I wanted <laughs> you because <laughs> I was like, I really want somebody I know that I have a good connection with that has been in the trenches covering this team with me. And that's you. And so I wanted to make sure that the nation heard from people who have really been um, embedded and, you know, here for the Las Vegas coverage, Harry. So thank you so much um, for always you're a hard worker, always doing everything, man. You're always out there hustling. (laughs) And like I said, I wasn't just making that up to make it sound good for the show when I was talking about how much I enjoy watching your calls and what you do on uh, the booth up there when you're announcing. So always keep pushing forward, man. And I, I appreciate you again. Oh, no, Heidi, I appreciate you. And I've been a big fan of yours ever since I moved to Vegas. You covered the Raiders before they moved to Vegas. Now that they've been here since day one. So congratulations on all the great coverage that you have done for the Review Journal. And keep grinding. Keep doing your thing. And, you know, I'll, I'll be a big supporter of yours through through everything. 
Yeah, and uh, I'll just announce it here because the Review Journal also did approve um, what I have coming. So uh, as I launch out this episode, I'm going to also launch into the universe that I will be a part of the um, Sunday Drive with Sirius XM NFL Radio during the season. I will have the ability to do some updates for the Raiders during the game when called upon, and I hope I serve you all justice, and I'll be getting some interviews from the locker room as well that you'll be able to hear on Sirius XM NFL Radio during this season for the Raiders. So everybody, thank you for tuning in and keep on tuning in and (laughs) appreciate uh, again, all the people like yourself, Harry, you know, you almost made me cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to do it, though. Not you, Harry. Not going to do it when you said that I was a, you're a fan and, you know, you know that I've been following the team since before they even 2016 was my first year. I found the badge the other day. I had to clean up my desk. Um, They had me move desks, too. So I'm moving my desk and I'm going through every little paper and I'm like not a hoarder. But I like to keep my little um, recuerdos, you know, my memories. I keep them all that I have. My first tag from covering the Raiders was in July 2016. I was at a training camp. So it was really exciting. An OG. Word. OG for Vegas. Anyhow, (laughs) I think Paul Gutierrez and maybe Vic, um, you know, Tafer had me on the uh, (laughs) OG-ness coverage. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, PG covered his first Raider game in 1988. I was was a couple of months old back then. Ah, So so he's he's been around. I think he's the only current beat writer that covered the Raiders in L.A., in Oakland, and now in Vegas. Vic has been uh, around the ringer for a while, too. Shout out to him, Vic Tafur. Hey, two fellow Latinos there, too. Yeah, right. Hey, we're, we'll we'll take over someday, but oh. so for the for the moment, we'll we'll just be us four in the in the media room as Latinos. All right, uh, I will be seeing you during the season, Harry. So again, I appreciate you. Um, if there's anything you want to let people know that you have coming out, or you give out your uh, social media handles, now is that time. Yeah, at Harry Ruiz on Twitter, at Harry underscore Ruiz on Instagram. Those calls that you would talk, you were talking about, Heidi, fortunately, the Raiders like them too. So now they are posting them on their website, Raiders.com slash Espanol. Today, they posted the call on the 62-yarder from Daniel oh, Carlson, yeah. which was our play of the game from that game. I, I don't think it's good to have a, a field goal be the play of the game, but it was a 62-yarder, second time ever in Raiders history that a kicker scored a, a 60-plus yard field goal in any kind of game so that that was a, a good enough to be up there right yeah for sure and he is automatic with him and aj cole their new long snapper i mean they are really coming together on the field and that is not easy to do when you have to boot a 62 yarder it's unbelievable how almost seamless that was between the three of them absolutely hey that's what i'm talking about special teams but you know what i will say this uh jacob Bobenmeyer, his snap was a little bit high AJ was able to bring it down, and despite it being high, he brought the ball down, and Carlson hit a 62-yarder. Heck, they're not at 100% yet, and they're hitting 62-yard field goals. I want to see a 66-yarder one of these days. For sure, I do too. So uh, let's see how much this can go on with these guys, and uh, we'll be uh, keeping you up to date with all of it on VegasNation.com. For Harry Ruiz, I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. I'll be seeing and hearing and doing all this stuff around somewhere, someplace, sometime, but keep up to date with all of your latest Raiders coverage on VegasNation.com.
Vegas Nation podcast are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Sign up for the app today and get a bonus of up to $500.